Welcome to Disc Integration. This is Tim. It's Matt. Well, Matt, how's your last week been? Uh, kind of crazy. Well, this week's been pretty nuts. Yeah, work's been hectic. Yeah, no, on top of it. <laughs> but, oh, time. yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, now I kind of wish I hadn't brought it up that way. I, yeah. Because <laughs> I mostly just did it because I wanted to talk about the Pixies and Weezer. Matt didn't see him, but I saw him last Thursday. Did you want to expand upon your past week further? No, I'm good. I kind of figured. Bad news starting that way, but what are you going to do? Pixies were amazing. I don't think they could have disappointed me, honestly. It would have been hard to. And I like that they were like a lot of, I guess, old school punk bands I liked when I was fucking 17, 18. No stops. Song to song to song to song. So they got out a bunch of songs and a... I think they played like 45 minutes. Could not complain about that. Weezer, I wasn't into Weezer as much. They played like two or three blue songs, and then they went into, I guess it's the Teal album that they play all the covers on. They did a lot of covers. Mm-hmm. War Pig was somewhat enjoyable just because that's my favorite Black Sabbath song. It might be the only Black Sabbath song I like, honestly. And then when they went into... Uh, Take on me from Aha. I left, and in my head, all I thought was, "You will never do a better version of that song than Choking Victim." Oh, <laughs> like if you say Aha, though, I may have to. Oh, uh, I don't know. I do like that song in I mean, general. Yeah. though. that's probably the first like music video that I remember seeing and like paying attention every time it started to come on, and it was part video, part song. I think that's a fucking good song. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about good songs. We got another triple threat in the match play. The song, Jump. The band's Criss Cross. Van Halen. And the Pointer Sisters. Matt, who wins the triple threat? For me, honestly, Criss Cross. Like, it's the, I, I listened to them a few times. I listened to all three songs a couple of times. Right. And Criss Cross was the only one that I finished... Every All time. the way through, every time. Yeah. Yeah, Van Halen's out. I hate yeah, this Van Halen. I hate it anyways. Yeah. I mean, Van Halen sucks. Well, not Van Halen, but this Van Halen song yeah. sucks. Oh, Running With The Devil, that's that's quality yeah. right there. I mean, that's also like what you think of when you think when you of think Van, Van Halen. Halen. Like, oh, I think a lot of people jump probably. is That thing was a huge hit. Yeah, no. But man, is it a bad song. And The Pointer Sisters is a classic. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Like, when I went back to, because the reason I was like, oh, shocked that, I was like, oh, Pointer Sisters, and I couldn't think of it, but, yeah, when I went back and listened to it, pff, yeah, you yep. can't play around with that song. No. I mean, Van Halen's definitely not beating it, but I agree with you that Criss Cross wins, yeah. <laughs> only because that is a party song right yep. there. I mean, I'm not a big fan of party songs in general, but as its genre, it is pretty good at it. Yeah. It's one of those songs you'll start out dancing ironically to it to make fun of it, but by the end, you're actually having fun <laughs> yeah, you're actually dancing <laughs> you're to fucking, the song. You're like, fucking jump, jump the whole time, yeah. so way to go, Criss Cross, because I think beating the Pointer Sisters was a tough battle, I mean, yeah. and they had nothing with Van Halen, but once we found out Pointer Sisters in there, the match got interesting. Yeah, no, that, that one probably wouldn't have been a competition if Pointer <laughs> yeah, Sisters no. wasn't found. Like. So not a chance. Up next week, we've got another match play. Meredith Brooks versus Quick Fix. The song, Bitch. If people actually do attempt to follow along, I, I don't know if they'll find that Quick Fix song, but... Yeah, I'm, oh well. I haven't even tried to find it myself yet. I own so. it, so we're doing it. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to, you know, what we're here to talk about, and that's The Cure. 
17 seconds. 17 seconds. Their second album, released in April of 1980. And as promised, Robert Smith exerted more control over this release. He was both Coe's producer and he chose the artwork for the album. Bassist Michael Dempsey left before recording the sophomore album as he did not like the musical direction the band was going in. Bassist Simon Gallup and keyboardist Matthew Hartley were brought into the fold. The album was recorded and mixed in seven days, with the band recording 16 to 17 hours per day. Wow. The cost was somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 pounds. I was too lazy to look up the conversion. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a clue. The album peaked at number 20 in the British album charts. A Forest would become their first entry in the UK Top 40 charts. And in 2018... A Forest would become the YouTube algorithm's favorite cure song to play for Tim when he is done listening to the Smiths. (laughs) (laughs) Sputnik Music said the album reaches a stark and wavering peak of gloom and doom. Chris Chiru at All Music Review felt that it is a subtle work that grows on the listener over time. The album received a 4 out of 5 stars from Rolling Stone's Album Guide, 7.5 stars from Pitchfork, and 3 out of 5 from All Music. First song, A Reflection. I mean, it's an instrumental intro. Yeah, it is to the album. I mean, it's just—it is just an intro song. <laughs> it's not a bad intro song. No, I think I would have shortened it. Yep, I think it was like two plus minutes. I would have kept it like a minute fifteen. Yeah, and, and it was just instrumental only. Yeah, it, it was kind of the same riff over and over too. Yep. But still, not a, a bad way to slide into an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, play for today. Again, solid intro beat. I can definitely, like, now that you say that they added a keyboardist for this album, they definitely, like, you you can hear it. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I thought this was, this was what I thought Three Imaginary Boys would sound like. Because it sounds like The Cure, but just, like, a raw, more rusty version of The Cure. Yeah, this this just feels like the less refined. Which it was completely different. In the last album, that would... They were just wearing their, like, influences on their sleeve. Yeah. Pretty much the whole album. Like, one or two, you heard The Cure, or what you would expect to hear The Cure sound like at that stage. With The Cure, like, they're this dark, morose band, but all of The Cure songs I like, I would describe them as bouncy. Yeah. If either the keyboard or the bass or drums, one of those three is always kind of good. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly bouncy music. Yeah, kind of a bouncy, upbeat, instrumental tone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To the very yeah, morose, yeah. dark, lyrical tone. Yeah, exactly. I would but, almost describe them as happy songs as far as when I hear them. That probably yeah. comes out more than me being like, oh, I want to cut myself. <laughs> See, that, that, again, we, we get back to the difference between the way you hear things and the way I hear music, because... The first few times I listened to the album, I didn't, like, the instrumentals don't hit hit my ear as much as lyrics. So, like, it was like, oh, this is a really sad, like, album. This is bad. And then, like, finally, I re-listened last night, and I'm like, no, that instrumental in the back, like, right? the instrumental definitely keeps that upbeat so Mm -hmm. you don't get the... (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, Up next was Secrets. I mean, it was okay. Seemed like the vocals were buried. Yeah, no, I thought that too. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I kind of assume they did, but who knows? Yeah. With recording equipment back then, it could have been screwed up somehow. Right. This one I would have probably shortened also. This, yeah. Not by much, like 30, 45 seconds, which seems so nitpicky when you say it out loud. But, 30 to 45 no, I, seconds. I agree, but, though, because there's, there's some parts in there that are like extra long mm-hmm. instrumental parts that probably didn't need to be as long as they were. Yeah. In your house, 
uh, solid intro riff. Just this song, before. the guitar part. Yeah, a little bit reminds me of "Come As You Are" from Nirvana. Thinking back, yeah, and I mean, it, famously, I think they admitted that they ripped off "Killing Joke" for "Come As You Are." Yeah, that main riff. But I'm not so sure they didn't rip off the Cure or it sound. Those three songs sound similar on that guitar riff. Yeah. In fact, this song kind of was like the quiet verse parts of like a Nirvana song or a Pearl Jam song. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole song is just like they removed the loud choruses. But I think it was definitely a gloomy song. Yeah, this one would be probably the one that I would nail down as the sad song with sad instrumental. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did, yeah. I, The intro was about the only part of it that was kind of upbeat-ish compared to the rest of it, but... Yeah, this song in general is just kind of sad and slow. Didn't have the bounce of play for today. Three. Uh, Another solid use of keyboard. Definitely brought that keyboard forward in the instrumental sound. It was another instrumental, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought so. Well, I think three was. There are... Oh, apparently, my notes say that there were there were eerie lyrics, but I think they were more of that like Might have been. background sound again, right. where the lyrics are a little quieter than the instrumentals. All I wrote was straight up horror soundtrack music. Yeah, because it was. That's why I'm thinking it was an instrumental because it I can just picture you know Freddie, Jason, Nate, yeah, all just, of the guys. Yeah, bring them all in and put this song behind them. You got a movie. Yeah. Final sound, technically the final sound. Right, technically, and also technically the intro to the side B of the album, apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing like mind-blowing on this one, but when I was doing research, this song was supposed to be longer. I thought, I felt that, so like, one of my notes is literally, like, it, it made a great intro to a song that never played. And if you, it ends abruptly at the end <laughs> of the song, yeah, they ran out of tape and they were out of time out of the studio, so I was like, well, this is all we got. And throw it in there and give us a good intro riff. Like, yeah. Like, hey, we recorded, might as well use it. Yeah. And you know what? It didn't detract from the album. Like, no. say, fucking Weedy Burton yeah. on that last one. Fucking Weedy Burton. Damn weed. <clears throat> Up next is U2's favorite. Not U2. Up next <laughs> is U2's favorite cure song, A Forest. <sighs> this is a really good song. Yep. And I have probably heard it in the past year. Hundreds of times. I mean, I wasn't joking at the beginning. Anytime I listen to Smith's YouTube stuff like that, and then I go to like, you know, my, the mix playlist they put together yeah. for me, this song is on there every single time. Everything else seems to change, but this That's song this goes song nowhere. Yeah, but it's got that gloom I like. Yeah. And I think it's got more of the gloom than Play for Today had. Did I say bloom? I meant bounce. Yeah. <laughs> I. This one I almost like, it feels like it's a story. It does. Like, the instrumental makes it feel like you're literally starting a walk through the forest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like they probably nailed it then if they match the title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? I could see coming down the end of this thing, and if we do put together like our top ten, top five songs, I could see this one ending up on there. Mm-hmm. Even though they have like 13 albums, possibly 14 by the end of the year. Possibly 14 by the time we get done. <laughs> uh I still think this one might come out in that list. Yeah. Up next, M. Actually, M, I had a question. Did you think M sounded a lot like Another Day from Three Imaginary Boys? A little bit, yeah. Because, I mean, that's what it reminded me of. Like a more fleshed out version of that song. Yeah. 
and it was one he didn't want released on Three Imaginary Boys. Maybe he'd already been tinkering with it and got to where another got David to a comes. Sound. I mean, that's all speculation. I have no yeah, idea yeah. if that's what happened. But so, I mean, if you liked Another Day, you should like him even more, which I did. It wasn't a bad song at all. At Night. More horror movie soundtrack music. Yeah, and <laughs> it's got a really long intro. Like, Yeah, it did somewhat. I mean, it's a long intro to a long song. Right. So I want to say this one was almost six minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. And like the right. intro was at least a solid minute or more of just instrumental. When you say goth music as a genre, this is the song I'm probably thinking of. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a just a dark slog. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not one way or the other on goth music, really. But this is the kind of stuff that you know makes the jokes on South Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this in particular wasn't terrible. I've heard worse versions of this type of goth music. Yeah, but I don't think I was really a huge fan of this song. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, this is probably the shortest amount of notes, and most of it is the fact that the song was really long. Yeah, easily could have ended at like three and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah, the titular seventeen seconds. This was another really bouncy song. Yep, it, it still had that dark in the lyrics. I Overall, think... I thought it was a real good pop song. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially one to end the album on. It's a solid end. It felt weird to me putting the title song at the end of the album. Right. Yeah. Just because it's not something that I'm, you know, I'm used to. Yeah, it seems like it's usually about midway. Yeah. Yeah. If not, it's like the first intro song. to, yeah, if it's either the very first song or the first song on the B-side. Mm-hmm. But they mixed it up. They threw it at the end. <laughs> Robert Smith got creative control and he said, I don't care if it's the title song. It's going at the end of the fucking album. And if that was his, like, if, if that the was the decision The record company is made, like, we may not release this thing yeah. if it's not the first song. Yeah. The first song has to be the title song. I mean, it's a great end to the album. Like, Yeah, Robert Smith was right. <laughs> Those corporate fucking record executives don't know shit. So overall, Matt, what did you think of the album? It's more instrumental than I enjoy. It, that was one thing I noticed in the first couple of listens. There's a lot of instrumental. Because yeah. there was a minute where I was like, how many songs does he sing on now? Maybe like two? Yeah. Now when I go back and listen, I'm like, well, no, he sang I mean, more he, than two songs, but it was still... Some of those, the lyrics do kind of just become background sounds. Yeah, like, they did. There was a couple that it just seemed like they were buried in the back of the mix. Yeah, and I don't know if, again, that was recording or if that was done on purpose. I'll tell you what, the first ten times I listened to this album... I did not enjoy it at all. No. And I originally thought, this is terrible. This music is off. But then I started listening to it some more, and I realized it wasn't that the music was awful. It was that the tone is so damn melancholy, it was making me melancholy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was getting depressed because this album makes you depressed until you start listening deep. And I think originally I was kind of hinting at that displeasure before we even recorded, because... You know, we try not to talk about these albums beforehand. I mean, little comments come out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, here and there. But, you know, the more I listen to it, I think I actually like this album. It's not too bad. I would call it almost like an intro to the Cure sound. Maybe, yeah. Like, Cause, yeah. again, this is like... This feels more like them than the first album feels yeah. like them. Yeah, no, I agree yep. completely. So, you know, if you can dig down deep... Get through those first 15 listens, this is going to work for you. Yeah. Huge fan of instrumentals from The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And, you know, uh, some of the songs we said, the there was a lot more instrumentals, probably more, maybe not in that first album, but at least these didn't feel like filler either. Yeah. Like, again, Weedy Burton felt like filler, and there was one other one on there, too. Oh, Foxy Lady. Foxy Lady. Well, not bad, but throwing that cover on there, just it felt like yeah. filler. None of these songs feel like filler. These all feel like purposeful songs. Yeah. So, overall, I'm, I'm going three out of five on this one. Yeah, no, I'm like three, three point two five, like right. I don't want to go astronomically higher than the first album because there was a lot of things I liked on the first album. Yeah, I would just have cut a bunch of songs out of it. That's about it. Yeah, it or I mean, it, added the songs that they didn't put from the U.S. release. Yep. But I haven't listened to the other eleven albums left. Right, and I don't. So want I don't to want to go. go like, hey, it's a five. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't gonna go five, but I was <laughs> thinking four-ish originally. Yeah. Like, well, let's rein it in and keep it out of three. Yeah. I don't want to go too exaggerated because then that leaves us with little growth for <laughs> future listens. To, yeah. You know, we've got a lot of albums, one being, you know, the double LP. I mean, we haven't been blown away yet by The Cure, I don't think. No. Not blown away. So until I'm blown away, no five stars. Right. I mean, that's but I, always been our grading scale. I hope at any record now, five stars. All right, well, we'll be back next to listen to that third album, Faith. Matt, you got anything else before we go? No, I think I'm good. Let's go disc. Please follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.